So you have to work with a real estate agent who is investor friendly. Understands investors. That's right. Yeah. If they don't understand investors and not only the mindset of investor, which is very different than a regular client, but also if they don't understand the, the whatever tools they're using in their area, whether it's the contracts or the way that they're um, putting the deposit or the wholesaling process or whatever it is, because, you know, again, two people can write up a legal agreement and there's all sorts of different ways and every state is different. Yep. You, you need to know what's going on in your state. But if you, again, if you talk to, I always used to say, if you, if you take the answer no from somebody who doesn't even understand how to say yes, then you're talking to the wrong person. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to talk to somebody who understands real estate investors. Perfect. Perfect. Hey everyone, Jamel Gibbs here. Welcome to another podcast episode and we have another special guest on the line. This is the one, the only Jennifer Hammond. And today what we're going to do is talk to Jennifer uh, from a different perspective. Now Jennifer has, she's she's been a real estate investor for quite some time, but she's also a real estate agent. And we're going to hear from her own mouth. Okay, we're going to hear from Jennifer how uh, you can make that mental shift from being an agent to becoming a real estate investor. A lot of people have those questions. I come across agents all the time and they say, hey, you know, I'm interested in real estate investing. I'm just not sure how to do it. And Jennifer has been able to successfully make that transition. I'm one of those who made that transition as well. I actually started off in the business as an agent. Then I became a broker then I became an investor. And it does take a mental shift. It's an entirely different world when you're investing versus being an agent and you're brokering the deals. It takes a mental shift. So we'll talk about how uh, Jennifer was able to do it. We're going to talk about how you can do it as well. And I want you to keep in mind, Jennifer has a uh, show on Sirius Radio XM. Okay, It's called the Jennifer Hammond Show. I want you guys to check her show out as well fantastic show. I've actually been a guest on it and I uh, highly, highly encourage you to go ahead and listen to it. We'll talk about that on today's podcast as well. Jennifer, how's everything today? Yay! Welcome. I love being on your show. It's so exciting because I love, I, you know, I've interviewed you a couple times now and now it's so much fun to reverse the flow and be a guest on your show. So thank you for having me. Oh, you are awesome. And I got to tell everybody, listen, this is a, this is a real treat because Jennifer doesn't uh, go on everyone's show. So I feel real honored and flattered that she decided to come on, come on and, and share her knowledge with us. So this is a real treat for you guys. And I hope uh, that you guys really benefit from the information that we're going to talk about today. Uh, Jennifer, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? So I'd love to share a little bit about myself because mine's, a, I think, an unusual story, but it probably parallels a lot of one's a lot of your own personal stories. Number one, I grew up in a very weird place. I grew up on an island, Key West, Florida. Boy, it was a place where all of the the drug dealers and my mom was an alcoholic. And, you know, it was a, um, a place of artists and a place of people, lots and lots of crazy stories. I could go on and on about it. But I ended up going to college and I got a bachelor's and a master's. And my master's was in public administration. And so, of course, I thought I could change the world by... Uh, get this, 
going to Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. That is so laughable right now. I can't even begin. I won't even go down that road. But I, I really thought I could change the world and I wanted to help people. And so I did. I worked up on Capitol Hill for about six months. Absolutely hated it and discovered very quickly I wasn't going to be able to change the world. And so I had, I literally walked across the street from the house office building. I, I worked in the Cannon office building for anyone who knows Washington, D.C. And I walked across the street to the Library of Congress. There's a couple buildings, but I went to the one that has this beautiful gold leaf dome room. And I started going through careers and I was going through everything from circus clown. I thought, wow, that'd be fun, right? It probably doesn't pay much and it's not stable. And I, anyway, I was going through all these different things and the librarian, she was laughing and laughing because I was trying not to be sad because I just gone through all these years of school and got a master's degree. And now I was like, there's no way I want to work in government. This is the most unbelievable, unhelpful place in the world. And so as I was going through all these different careers, I came across real estate. And when I got to the R's, I thought, real estate? I've always loved real estate. I, I mean, I grew up in Key West where all the homes are built like ships. They actually sway in the wind when a hurricane comes through. And, and so I was super excited to learn about real estate, but I wanted to be a real estate investor. But back then, that was 20, almost 25 years ago, I realized that women were not really uh, accepted into the real estate investing mm. world, especially not in the and I'm going to say it, shark infested, um, competitive, blood soaked waters of Washington, D.C. real estate investing. And real estate wasn't as, anything like what it is today in, real, in uh, Washington, D.C., but it was still very competitive and women were not accepted. And so I became a licensed real estate agent because I couldn't get access to the MLS, the multiple listing service to get access to what the properties were available. And I didn't have a mentor. I think you've mentioned that before. I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have anybody to teach me. I had parents who made very, very bad financial decisions to the point when, when I was a kid, I, I heard my mom and dad arguing and a bunch of glass breaking. And then I heard the repo man come and steal mm. their car in the middle of the night. And then not too long after that, there was a foreclosure and we lost the house. Mm. So my parents did not teach me good financial decisions, which is one of the reasons that I love you, Jamel. And I love the fact that you're teaching your daughters how to do this so that they, they can end the cycle of, of not understanding how wealth is really built and how it's sustained through generations. And I wish my parents knew that, you know, they didn't. And it's something that, again, it's one of my passions. And, and one of the reasons that I would come on your podcast is I, there are only so many hours in the day. And I feel like I want to dedicate it to people who are making a difference in the world. And I love what you do, Jamal. I love that you're making a difference and that you care about people. You actually care about making sure that they understand the principles that, quite frankly, it used to be that only the wealthy knew. And now the secrets are kind of slipping out. And I love being part of that. But from my beginning of my real estate career, I, ha I was just, and I say just because I want to do my little air quotes, I was just uh, <laughs> an undercover real estate agent because I was looking to be a real estate investor, but I didn't have the money. I didn't have the skills. I didn't have the know-how. So um, I started helping people. And for me, of course, one of the first things I do is ask questions, ask, ask, ask. And that's when I discovered in Washington, DC, they had all of these programs that would pay for your down payment and your closing costs. 
And at the time, there was this $5,000 tax credit from the federal government. I mean, it was crazy. So you could literally get a check at settlement as a first-time homebuyer if you knew how to put all the programs together. And so I started teaching first-time homebuyers how to do that, which again, made me super excited. And then I guess part the other thing about, um, I, I realized you know, growing up on an island and growing up in poverty and growing up with an alcoholic mother who was very physically and mentally abusive, you know, I very, I was very secretive about my success. I didn't want anybody to know about it because, you know, I really didn't know how to handle being successful because nobody, you know, nobody in my family really had ever mm. been successful. So I, I wasn't sure but I loved helping people. And that was probably my, um, and still is probably my addiction to still keeping three real estate licenses, one in Washington, DC, one in Virginia and, and one in Maryland. The but DMV. <laughs> the whole DMV. And that does not mean the driver's license plate, the DMV. <laughs> I love that. I, I love your story so much. It, it resonates with a lot of people, especially mine. You know, we have similar backgrounds and uh, our stories are really similar, you know, as, as we uh, had a chance to get to know each other, it, it amazes me how similar our stories are. And at the end of the day, you know, you had a chance to uh, get into the real estate brokering business, and then you became an educator. How did you make that transition into becoming an investor? So for me to become an investor, um, it, it's also, it's an interesting um story of falling down on your knees, so to speak, and kind of getting those, those ugly little bleeding um, scrapes where you're like, huh, that, was, that wasn't pleasant. And what it was, is I was learning to be a real estate investor. And so I had realized, okay, first thing I got to do is you got to go find the property. And because I was a licensed real estate agent, I was used to doing the CMAs, the comparable yeah. market analysis. So I knew how to run numbers. And then I also learned, you know, the after repair value, all these little, you know, jargon that we like to speak in. And I, I was like, oh my gosh, I can run the numbers. So I found this amazing house. And then I found this um, investor and I said, here, there's a house. You can buy it for a hundred thousand and then you do this kind of renovation it'll take about i don't know anywhere from about 30 to maybe 50,000 to do all the kit and you know the kitchen and all the bathrooms and and i had worked out all the numbers and i basically i set the whole thing up it was right over by howard university i'll never forget it and um and i i helped him you know obviously i found it I, I told him exactly what he needed to do with the kitchen the colors for the cabinets it needed a granite countertops it needed all this stuff and um and then do you get it? He got his own real estate license and oh. sold the property, you know, and we're talking going from a hundred thousand to 3000. So I made, you know, the, the commission when I sold it, but then after he sold it, he made, oh, he made over $200,000 on the property. And then he wouldn't even let me list it for sale and get the teeny itty little bitty real estate commission. And I, I, I looked at him and, and it was, you know, for me, you know, here I am, this little girl who's come up from an abused thing. And I literally physically, my hands were shaking as I was confronting mm. him because I just couldn't believe that he was so greedy that he wouldn't even pay, that he would go get his own real estate license and, and sell it himself rather than allowing me to be rewarded for having done all that work. And it was so funny because uh, we ran into each other a few times over the years, but he was the, the time I fell down and, and I bled because I looked at how much money he made 
versus not only the, the money that I, I want to say, quote unquote, I lost in the deal, but also the pain of, of having a real estate investor not be loyal mm. to you when he, he, he lived in Maryland. He didn't even know the DC market. I taught him everything. I taught him what to do with the kitchen. I taught him where to buy it. You know, some things from these um, dealers, some things from Home Depot. I mean, I taught him everything. And I couldn't believe that he, he would go get his own real estate license and then sell the property himself instead of coming back to me. And it never even occurred to me that he would, in, in my, my estimation as a licensed real estate agent, I felt betrayed. So like you said, shark infested waters, right? And unfortunately, yeah. I hear that story all too often. And, um, you know, a, a lot of people are turned off because of that. And it really does give investors a bad name uh, from time to time. But there are a lot of us good investors out here as well, right? As you know. Yep. So when we, when we look at your, your story and we, and we listen to, uh, we look at the agents who may be listening to this particular podcast here. Um, some, some of these agents are interested in getting started, or if they're brand new, maybe they're not an agent, but they're looking to get into the real estate investing business. What are some of the biggest misconceptions that agents may have when, it, uh, when they're make, looking to make that transition into investing? Well, number one, I think even like the story I just shared, all investors are not um, jerks. They're not all going to betray <laughs> you. And number two, I think that one of the other parts of the misconception is, is clear communication. Mm -hmm. What I have realized with, because I've worked with, even after being burned, you know, I started doing investing myself, but I still have worked over the years with other investors from all sorts of different points, because just like you, I've done wholesaling, I've done all sorts of stuff. So over the years, I've learned to become friends or frenemies. Sometimes it's a frenemy relationship. But one of the things that I've realized is that if I actually communicate as a real estate, when I wear my hat as a licensed real estate agent, if I communicate my wants and my needs, including sometimes that means I need to put it into a legal document. And I say, okay, if I help you find a property and then you turn this into, especially in DC, it's very popular now to take a property and then a single family property and turn it into four condos. Well, that's four sales for me as a licensed real estate agent. So I have a little, you know, little one page document and I just ask them that, I am the licensed real estate agent. Now, of course, they sometimes try to negotiate the commission or the this or, or different aspects of it. And, and again, it's important to just negotiate it. But what I found in every relationship, whether it's with your best friend or with your you know, marital partner or with a real estate investor, as a licensed real estate agent, you have to tell them what you need. And one thing I do is similar to like if you were dating, you're going to say, are you dating other people? You know, who else are you, are you cheating on me with somebody? And sometimes they're just going to, I actually love, and as a real estate investor myself, often I'll say in this area, the way that I work is, and this is one of the insights to working with a, a, a real estate agent is you might say, I will be loyal to, if you bring me a deal, I'll be loyal to you to buy it from you. I won't try to go around you. That's the other thing, real estate as you just said, misconceptions, often real estate investors are known for a real estate agent bringing them, doing all the hard work, like I said, and bringing the deal and then not even buying it through that real estate agent by going around them. Mm -hmm. And again, 
that's a bad thing. So don't do that. But it's also something that if you communicate with them, including even if you just do a series of emails, and again, it depends on what state you're in and all the legalities. But again, if somebody's, if a man isn't worth his handshake or a woman isn't worth her handshake or her word, then you don't want to be working with them anyway. But if you can get an email and just get an agreement, Hey, if I bring you a deal, you're going to let me sell it on the other side. If you flip it or, you know, or whatever you find what you need to make sure that they are living up to it. Because again, you have to set the expectation, you know, to try to think, you know, what somebody else is thinking, that's going to lead you down a road of assumption, which is not a good road. Don't assume, you know, what someone else is thinking, just have a communication and then make an agreement, whether it's verbal and an email, or if you have to go to an illegal agreement, but make sure it's a clear understanding and clear communication of what you expect and what your needs are in every transaction. I love that answer so much. Uh, Very thorough and straight to the point as well. And when you're an agent, um, when you were an agent, well, you're still an agent, but when you became an investor, did it take some type of mentorship? What type of mentorship did it take uh, for, yeah. you to, for you to become an investor? You're so, you're so right. It is an absolute mental shift. And, and I think, and I, and I actually shift back and forth and I don't take on that many clients anymore as a licensed real estate agent, but um, it is a, a total mental shift in that when I work for somebody as a licensed real estate agent, my, even my legal duties are different. And as you just said, in the DMV, Washington, DC, Virginia, and Maryland have very specific legal guidelines. And um, they used to be called fiduciary duties, but there's, there's specific duties that we have as a licensed real estate agent. And that is very different than what I do. And even what my mindset is when I'm an investor, because in, as an investor, I am still. So for me, I'm always looking for the win, win, win. And I, I know there always is. And I think that if you're an investor or a real estate agent who thinks that you should take advantage of people, then you should get out of this business because yep. you're one of the people that give it a bad name. And I don't appreciate those people. And believe me, there is an, as we call it, the unofficial blacklist mm-hmm. of not only real estate investors who are on that blacklist of don't work with that person, you know, they're going to do something that's not going to be ethical or legal or on the gray area. And I don't, I don't like any of those. The same thing with real estate agents, but you have to shift over as a real estate investor. To me, now you are master of your universe. Now you decide to create anything you want and, and now it's unlimited. Your money is unlimited. Your wealth building is unlimited. Everything is all about you. In, in just creating whatever you want to be, do, and have as a real estate investor. Do you want to be somebody who flips property? Do you want to be somebody who owns 350 rental properties and be a landlord? And, or do you want to be somebody who wholesales? Whatever you want to do, you can have any of that. Now, as a licensed real estate agent, it's very different mind shift because you're going to have to hold your license somewhere. Even if you become your own brokerage and you become a brokerage and then you want to manage people, whew, that's a very, very different mindset than as a a real estate investor. And there's so many strategies to me, like it's so much fun to be a real estate investor because you just get to be, it's like being an artist. You can paint any picture you want, whatever you want. You can do it as a real estate investor. That's right. And the world is your oyster at that point, right? Exactly. You can do anything. You can build what, like you, like you do, you can build wealth and you can teach the next generations below. 
You can change entire neighborhoods. You can go in and, and meet the community centers and the churches and the leaders, and you can say, hey, we're going to clean up this neighborhood. We're going to make this neighborhood even better than it was before. We're going to do it house by house, and each one of you are going to become owners, or you can do anything you want. I mean, literally, it's limitless yep. as a real estate investor. And, I, and that's exactly, that's part of the reason why I absolutely love this business as well. But along with the good, there's also obstacles as well, right? Yeah. What type of obstacles do you think agents are going to face as they become investors? Well, one of the biggest obstacles I have witnessed, and even for myself, was a big, big challenge. When, you, when you've been trained as a real estate agent, you think that there's only this limited um, access to money. Mm and financing. And that's just not true because you've been taught these very traditional pots of money or very traditional contracts. And like in the Washington DC area, we, we actually have these boilerplate contracts and we use those contracts, but as a wholesaler, you need to go to a lawyer and get a, a, a actual little contract written up for each jurisdiction that's legal in that jurisdiction. And so you need to start thinking in a different way than you were trained. It's almost like now you get to color outside the lines and you get to make picture anything you want it to be, but you better shift that mindset because like I said, from my viewpoint, when you're a licensed real estate agent, you have a lot of limitations and you better play by the rules and you better color inside the lines. That's Whereas right. a real estate investor, the pots of money, all the different kinds of financing, the way to structure a deal, the contracts that are needed, all of that is just limitless. It is just literally as creative as you want to be. If you want to be Picasso and you want to just create something that maybe you know, people might not appreciate as much. It doesn't matter. You can create anything you want as a real estate investor, real estate agent. It's definitely a shift. Yeah, absolutely. And, and when we keep all of these things in mind, obviously these are all different obstacles that we're going to face as agents and investors and real estate professionals as a whole. Right. So when we, when we keep all of these things in mind uh, and we're looking to uh, make that step into investing from being an agent, Obviously, we've mentioned certain things, but what are some other things that we should be mindful of moving forward? Well, I think as a real estate agent, you know, again, um, so often you have a very different viewpoint because you're just trying to be of service to the person who is your client mm -hmm. and you have a brokerage that's kind of overseeing you. So you have... Um, I want to say a guidepost of, of, of what you want in there. But now as a real estate investor, one of the, the coolest things that you get to do is you get to find your tribe. Who are your people? Where are they? And, and one of the secrets to that also is finding someone who can coach you. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, who is your coach that's going to help you grow and also keep you accountable? Because also as a real estate agent, it's very easy to be kind of the wily coyote and just kind of be off in your own world. <laughs> I've heard, uh, and this is interesting. I've heard uh, realtors say that, let's say something like wholesaling was not legal. Yeah. Or I've heard them say certain aspects of investing was not legal. And it's not that it's not legal. Um, it's just they have a lack of understanding yeah. of how it actually works. Or they think that, for example, wholesaling is brokering without a license. But in, in essence, it's not because you're controlling the property. Um, how do you approach uh, that aspect of the business uh, from agent mindset to investor mindset? 
So one of the biggest things that I realized very quickly is that, um, again, I think you and I have talked about, I, I have a whole set of questions that I have 17 questions yeah. that you ask as a real estate investor that you ask a licensed real estate agent if they are, as I call it, you know, again, with my air quotes, investor friendly real estate agent, or if they are retail. And it goes, those are just my, my little words that I use to describe um, what you're looking at, because there are agents that are just not focused and they don't understand um, real estate investors and what is needed. Mm -hmm. And that can be all sorts of different things, including what, what is this property zoned for? And I've seen it happen before where all of a sudden an investor is convinced by their real estate agent that they can make it into a multifamily and they're, and oh, and it's terrible when a real estate investor doesn't double check and they take the word of the real estate agent and the real estate agent was just trying to get a sale and they could care less about the fact that the investor doesn't get to be able to do the things that they want to, which right. quite frankly would make them the most highest and best profit. So you have to work with a real estate agent who is investor friendly. Understands investors, that's right. Yeah, if they don't understand investors and the, not only the mindset of investor, which is very different than a regular client, but also if they don't understand the, the whatever tools they're using in their area, whether it's the contracts or the way that they're um, putting the deposit or the wholesaling process or whatever it is, because, you know, again, two people can write up a legal agreement and there's all sorts of different ways and every state is different. Yep. You, you need to know what's going on in your state. But if you, again, if you talk to, I always used to say, if you, if you take the answer no from somebody who doesn't even understand how to say yes, then you're talking to the wrong person. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to talk to somebody who understands real estate investors. That's right. That's right. And speaking of which, so if we're going through a step-by-step -step process and we're trying to uh, figure out um, as an agent, how do I make that mental shift to become uh, an investor, or if I'm an investor and I want to interview an agent, rather, what are those seven, you just mentioned those 17 questions. What would be those 17 questions that we should throw at the uh, agents to make sure that they're investor friendly? Well, so let's go through a few. I don't know if yeah, we can throw them. all 17. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but one of the first things I always do, uh, one of the, the first question I have on here is how long have you been in real estate as a licensed real estate agent? So if you're an investor, these are the questions you should be doing to interview your real estate agent. And number one, I always ask, how long have you been in the business? I know new agents hate that question, but it is really important to find out. And then number two, ask why they're in the business. You know, because as they explain their why, you're going to see so much about them. Do they love helping people? Do they love um, somebody getting what they actually need? That why question is so critical to why yeah. are they in real estate? Or are they somebody, I remember... Um, there was a huge, when the, the last time we had like a really big crisis, I was talking to the HR director um, for this huge company and he said he'd gotten pitched by seven um, real estate agents. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, they were people who failed in whatever other uh, career. And so they thought real estate agent was the way they could make money. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> so ask somebody why, you know, when did you get in and why are you in it? Because it'll reveal a whole lot about, you know, whether they're going to really be able to help you and resonate with you. And then number three um, of the questions of these 17 questions is asking them, are they a real estate investor themselves? Oh. 
Because a lot of us, just as you just said, um, as I want to say, true confessions of a real, I love doing, I, actually on my radio show on Sirius XM, one of the shows I love to do is true confessions of real estate agents. I love that. <laughs> you guys got to listen to that, by the way. Oh, it is good. And, we, <laughs> and it's fun because I get all sorts of people and we all use first names so that nobody feels, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, too revealing, but also just to understand the perspective of the real estate agent. And if, if you get real estate agents who are actually investors as well, and maybe they only invest one property a year or whatnot, but they have an understanding that's very different. If they're not a real estate agent and a real estate investor, and they're just a licensed agent and they don't like, they can't think with that. This is somebody you should be running away from. I mean, and, and, politely, but you definitely want to make sure that you're very clear. If they understand it, then they also know how to run the comparables for you. They know how to, to see about what about the after repair value. They know how to run the numbers. And if you don't have somebody who knows how to write, run the right numbers, you could be looking at the wrong numbers and make very bad decisions because you have a real estate agent who doesn't understand your mindset. So that's the question number three. And then number four that I would say that's really, really important is finding out about their licensing. And again, this is funny because I, I also, you know, I do this with home inspectors and with contractors. And, you know, again, it always seems so funny to ask somebody. So like you don't go into the doctor's office necessarily and ask them, hey, can I see your medical license? Are you, you know, have you gotten in any trouble? But really finding out, you know, um, are they like, like in my area, it is really important to know, are you licensed in all three jurisdictions and how long have you been licensed in those jurisdictions? And are you in good standing in those, in all the jurisdictions, or do you have ethics complaints or do you have other issues? And that's something that, again, I know for some people it's very uncomfortable, which is one of the reasons I wrote up the 17 questions is so that you can use my, my 17 questions as a little, like the little crutch for people to ask the questions, but it's really, really important to know that. And then I'll finish with the last one of those 17 questions is to, to ask the real estate agent if they understand the type of real estate investing you want to do. And you know what this means. Like if you're a wholesaler, it's a very different number than if you're a buy and hold, you need to know right. rental prices. If it's somebody who wants to get into commercial and they want to own, like in our area, we have a lot of these mixed use where the first floor is restaurants and shops. And then when you go up, you have all these condos. So, you know, would they like, are they looking for properties like that? Or are they looking for a place that they could do short-term rentals? So if, if that real estate agent doesn't understand the exact type of real estate investing you want, then that's not the real estate agent that you want to work with. That's right. Now, listen, guys, I know you want the rest of the 17 questions. Uh, <laughs> Jennifer gave you a great cliffhanger. That was awesome, by the way. Um, if our listeners wanted to get in contact with you, uh, how should they go about doing that? So the easiest way is go over to the summit. We, we have the realestateinvestingsummit.com. And of course, in there is just an amazing amount of resources for you. So realestateinvestingsummit.com. And, you know, yeah, I'm happy that that PDF of the 17 questions is something that I love to give away to people. And I just think it's, it's very important to keep asking questions and then you can be assured of your success if you keep asking questions and stay curious and keep smiling. That's right. That's right. So realestateinvestingsummit.com. Also check out, as I've mentioned earlier on the show, Check out Jennifer's uh, uh, show on Sirius XM. It's the Jennifer Hammond show. 
And I'm going to link it in the, uh, the, uh, this, the uh, show notes as well. So you guys can, can get access to that. I'm also going to link Real Estate Investing Summit in the show notes. I want you guys to check that out. Uh, Jennifer actually had me on the summit as well. I thought it was uh, uh, fantastic what she's doing to help other investors just getting started, just like you are, to go from where they are right now to where they want to go in real estate. And she's uh, been able to share with you today from an agent's perspective, as well as an investor's perspective on what you can look look out for as a real estate investor. Jennifer, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. Let me ask you this. Um, Are you currently reading any books right now? I am. You know, and I love the Audible books. They're some of my favorites. Mine too. One of, one of the best ones that I've been li- listening to, which I really love, is Grant Cardone because he has these great ones, the 10X. and, 10X and um, Yeah, the 10X rule is one of my favorites. Be obsessed or be average. I love mm. that one. But the other one that I have um, that I really, really like is, um, is actually that I because I, I kind of pop back and forth depending on my, uh-huh. my mood is start with why. And I love, I love start with why, because everything you do should be rooted in why. And for me, it's always about helping others, but you have to start with why with everything you do. And then you'll connect more with, again, life won't be so boring. It's going to be exciting every day. That's right. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you understand what your reason why is, then you have something to look forward to. You have that destination to look forward to. Uh, that you can push forward to every single day. Literally going from where you are now, you hear me say it all the time, where you are now to where you want to go. But in order for you to know where you want to go, you have to understand what that destination is. Start with the why. Why are you doing this? You know, ask yourself that, and then you'll have a reason to get up every morning to push. Jennifer, this has been a real treat for us all. And, um, you know, it's been a lot of fun. Any last words for our listeners at all? Well, I just want to say, I I hope um, that you are inspired and that you go out and make a difference in your neighborhood. And as I say on my show, find a way to make someone else smile. Thank you so much, Jamal. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a real pleasure. And guys, it's been a pleasure having you listen to this podcast episode as well. Be sure to like this video, subscribe to this channel. If you're on the YouTube channel, Uh, video. If you're on the podcast, be sure to leave a rating as well. And I look forward to seeing you guys on the next one. Take care. Check out my website at reieducationacademy.com. To make it easy, you can just simply go to jamelgibbs.com or check out my YouTube page at youtube.com forward slash Jamel Gibbs. I'm all over the web, whether it be on Facebook slash the Jamel Gibbs or on Instagram at Jamel Gibbs. I'm on LinkedIn as well. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Snapchat. Check out all of these platforms for daily content, weekly content, more content from Jamel Gibbs. But if you want to get more in depth, go to REI Education Academy. Com. And that's how you can find out more about my training material and how you can get started investing in real estate today. Talk to you later.